in Acts, and this is, we're, we're still in Acts, the church on the move today, is how to pray in persecution. We, I think as American Christians, we've lost how we ought to be praying and even how we ought to be ministering. So many times I think that, that we look at things and, and we want to protest, or we want to be against things. And, and then if, if anybody criticizes us, oh my, what could I have to be criticized? Oh my goodness. Uh, there's so much that I could be criticized for, but we have this attitude that, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, obviously. That's what Isaiah says. All of us, like, we've all sinned. All of us, like sheep, have turned astray, and each one's gone his own way. And so, I'm right, and you're wrong. That is everybody's attitude. That is the attitude of sin, by the way. I'm right, God's wrong. That was Adam's first sin. God said it, but I don't believe it, so I'm going to do this anyway, and suffer the consequences. And, 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 and so, we have to understand that. And because then when we go to pray in persecution, so many times we pray for deliverance. Now, Peter and John have had a little bit of persecution. They're going to have a lot more later. And they set a tone with this very first prayer time that, w- that we have to see. And again, we're coming to the conclusion of a long story where Peter and John are going to the temple. They heal a man who's been crippled since birth. He's over 40 years old. The guy starts jumping around, praising God, rejoicing in the healing. Um, a crowd gathers. Peter's preaching to them. The temple guard calls for uh, help. They, uh, the Sadducees come in. They say, put them in jail. We'll talk to them tomorrow. We saw last week they interview them. They tell them, don't talk about this anymore. And Peter and John says, we can't help but speak the things that we have seen and heard. And last week we figured out and learned that if we're not speaking about Christ, it's maybe because we've never seen or heard him. That's a tough one, isn't it? It's really tough. So today we come to this prayer, and here's what I want you to take home with you. And I'm going to hurry because our time is a little bit shorter today. Proper prayer is focused on God. We're always praying for ourselves. You say, well, God doesn't need my prayers. I didn't say he needed them. I said our prayers ought to be focused toward God. I, we'll see their requests later on. And I was trying to explain it. I didn't do a really good job of this. But, but my oldest child, well, all my children always loved animals. But I just picked my oldest child because she kept a hamster for a long time. And uh, my wife said, we spend a lot of time and money trying to get rid of this kind of vermin. And then we set them up in an apartment in our kid's room. I don't understand. Uh, but we did it. And uh, can you imagine my daughter being her age at that time, she could not express what I'm going to express. All she knew is, can I have a hamster, right? So that's what she asked, and being a loving parent, I, I gave her one. Now, she never thought about the food she ate, the house she lived in, the clothes she wore. All she knew is she wanted a hamster, right? Now, what if I knew my daughter wanted a hamster, and... We had said no, or she had never really asked for one, but she had just talked about it. But she came to me and said, Daddy. Now, I, again, she could not have understood this. But what if she had come to me and said, Daddy, I love you so much. Oh, I love you too, baby. No, Dad, you don't understand. I get it that you spend your money providing us a house to live in. So I don't have to worry about being homeless or sleeping outside or anything like that. And, I, and I've got clothes to wear. And and." I'm just so grateful, and I'm, I'm grateful that, that you love me, and you, you've given me your love. And you, you, you help, you know, we go to school, and you just take care of all my needs, and I'm so thankful. And I'm thinking, didn't she want a hamster? 
think I'll go get her one. You see the difference? I think we become blind to the fact, we just sang it, you own the air in my lungs. If God removed his blessing, say, well, God hasn't done anything for me. Okay, what if he just cut off your air for five minutes? The fact that you're sitting here, your heart's beating, you're breathing is a blessing from God. And as believers, we acknowledge that, but I think we start taking him for granted. And we start asking for things like, I used to use Cadillac. Some of y'all may have a Cadillac or can afford that. I don't think anybody in church has a Ferrari. If you do, contact me right after service because we want to go for a ride. But anyway, we ask God for a Ferrari instead of just saying, God, thank you for meeting all of my needs. And if I have a need, I know you'll meet it. He already knows what I need, right? So these disciples, when they pray this prayer, and I just want to warn you so you can see it. Don't ask for anything personal. They ask for something with which to glorify God. I mean, well, I'll keep giving examples. Let me stop so I can get to the text. Would you, it's not that long. Stand up. We're going to read verses 23 and following down to verse 31. So it's not even 10 verses. Listen carefully and as you follow. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal... And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Would you pray with me? Father, there is so much that you have given us in this text. Lord, we could preach a sermon on each verse and, uh, and, and still not understand and cover it all. So, Lord, as we skim over this surface today, I pray that as you drop those, those uh, I, I think of them as bombs of truth on the, on the battlefield of our life, may we want to investigate what that means, what that tells us, and give us your grace to understand what we need for today. And, Lord, bring us back over and over and over to your word to understand more of who you are and what you want f- through us and how you... Meet all of our needs. We don't even have to worry about those things. But Lord, we certainly want to be grateful for them. And Lord, help us this day just to honor you with our very lives. We ask it, all of these things, by the authority of Christ who bought this for us on a cross and rose from the dead to make it uh, sealed and permanent and legal. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I want you to notice, first of all, and and. I don't always do this, but I have an alliterated sermon today. So I asked Katie to put all the points up there just so you could see it. First of all, we see 
the people of prayer. Now, this caught my attention, and notice what it says in verse 23. When they were released, what did they do? Very first thing, they went to their friends, is how my Bible translated it. Your may say something else. This is the word that means their own, or their own kind, or those of like mind. It's a close affinity. It is the same word used of Jesus in John 1.11, and he came to his own, and his own received him not. It's the same word later in Acts, and Acts, I uh, wrote the reference down, 24-23, where Felix says about Paul, who's a prisoner, let his own come and minister to him. In other words, we're not, we're not going to keep your friends away from you, and he was in a... Uh, a place and, and his friends could come freely to see him. It's a word that means we're related. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and, and I keep emphasizing certain things. My, my wife sometimes asks me, didn't you say that last week? I said, yeah, but we're still not doing it, so I'm going to say it again this week. But, but I just see a, a, a breadth of, sometimes I forget, we must understand certain things. That the Bible is not written, I, I don't even want to say it that way. The Bible is written to us and applied to us individually, but it is applied to the church. This is where we get offline sometimes because we think of spiritual gifts and we think we have a spiritual gift in order that I can have a spiritual gift and do all these great things. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 13, and 14 that the gifts were given to build up the church, the body of Christ. So if you're sitting there with an unwrapped gift, you are denying the church the benefit of what you have to offer. Now, here's the other side of it. Sometimes the churches don't make an opportunity for you to exercise your gift. So we got to work on both those things at the same time. And, 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 and we are trying to do that even as we speak. And today we're going to have a meeting uh, after the second service of leaders. And we're going to be planning some events. And we want to get more and more people involved. And so one thing in that is why you get those sheets now every week with a couple of ministries. Something may catch your attention. might be one of your gifts. Uh, and, and when I was coming along, when I was younger, and of course I, I told you last week, in smaller churches, so less people can see your mistakes. The only thing going on besides church was choir. So you get some poor soul, just got saved, but has a fire and a passion for the Lord. But they can't carry a tune in a wheelbarrow and they want to sing in the choir. And it's hard to look at them and go, honey, that's just not your gift. Let's figure out what is your gift. You know, because small church, not much to do. So, you know, so that's why it's not that there aren't better folks or whatever. It's just sometimes it's what you got. Guess what? The Bible doesn't say sing a beautiful song. It says sing a joyful noise yeah he didn't even call it music he said just noise that's good enough if you can just get the joyful noise we'll be good it's the attitude not the sound did you notice that thank you but anyway didn't mean to go off that little rabbit trail but i did so their own refers to people of a likeness in other words in the midst of pain where do they run they ran to the church now do you notice a contrast maybe in what's going on with us today it says they reported what happened to them. Did you know people are afraid to come to church and tell you what their needs are? I know sometimes, like, I, I've blown it so many times, I, I, don't even, I don't even want you to know one little bad thing I've ever done. I, there, was a, there was a survey on Facebook. If you wonder where everybody is, you don't have Facebook, because they're all on Nag's head. I saw that this week. Everybody's putting up beach pictures. Last full week before school starts. Kids, get ready. Um, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> I threw myself off there. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Oh, people are afraid to come to church. And, and we make mistakes. And man, I blew it this week. So that people might pray that you be healed and delivered and, and be strengthened and, and become more like Christ. People are afraid to come and say, well, I have this need in my life. Because I'm embarrassed. Maybe I didn't handle my money right. And instead of coming and letting somebody teach you how to handle your money and help you recover and support you through that. Or there's some other problem or breakdown in our lives. And let me just let you in on a secret. We all think we're the only one. We're in the middle of that. This is why support groups got started, because there's some comfort knowing somebody else has the same problem I do. Now, the problem in a support group is when you just sit around and commiserate about how bad you are, God came to deliver you and make you like Jesus. So there's hope, there's a better place to get to, and we're all working in that journey. And when we pretend like that guy, I'm better than that guy, we get in trouble. And that happens in church, and we're afraid to go report to our own. I, I, I won't ask you to do it, but guess what? Everybody in here has got an issue or a need that today, if they were free to ask, would say, man, yeah, I really need prayer about this. And they could say it. But we, we have created somehow an atmosphere where people are afraid to do that. And it just strikes me that the very, man, we're in trouble. Let's go to our friends. Let's go to our family. Let's go to our people and say, this is what happened. I mean, I'm sure there could have been somebody in that crowd of 5,000 people would say, well, Peter, if you just hadn't made a big deal out of it, nobody would have come and arrested you. Oh, doesn't that sound familiar? Instead of going, wow, you're preaching the gospel and somebody persecuted you, we say, well, if you just be quiet, nobody will bother you, right? So something like that happened. And we see the purpose of their prayer. It says there in... In uh, verse 24a, and when the people heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. They went, you're kidding me, that happened? Because they didn't know, I mean, I'm sure they didn't come back every day and report. And so Peter and John went up to the temple. Well, where are they now? I don't know, I guess they went home. I mean, they they spend the night in jail. Nobody knows where they are until they get released. And when they get released, they run to the church and go... Guys, guys, we spent the night in prison. This, this is what happened. And they went, let's pray. And they start praying. Now, here, as you read and hear the prayer, and we're going to see the proper prayer, starting in verse 24b, here's what you realize that they're not Baptists, at least not 21st century American Baptists. Because when we get persecuted, first thing we do is Pray for deliverance and ask God to smite those who would persecute us. Right? Is that, am I wrong? Because I can't go on if I'm wrong. Was that right, what I just said? Okay, yeah. And I'm not saying every time, but by and large, that's what we do. What did Jesus tell us to do? He said, oh, if he wants for you to walk a mile with him, walk two miles. If he wants your coat, give him your cloak. Or cloak, give him your coat. Give him two garments. Don't just give him one. Bless those who hate you. Bless those who persecute you. And though, that way you'll show you're a son of the kingdom. Now let me just tell you, I got Scott-Irish blood in me, obviously. In fact, it's like most of me. So my first reaction is not to bless you. It's more like, let me bless you, you know. Let's lay hands on somebody quickly. <laughs> Let's grab them. Let's shake them until they wake up. 
That's my nature. And God has to, you know, say, no, uh, that's not the way. We want to protest people instead of bless people. Y'all know what Chick-fil-A did when uh, a certain homosexual, I don't even know who it was, but a certain homosexual group, they were mad just because they're Christian values. So they're outside protesting a Chick-fil-A. I mean, they're marching in front of a Chick-fil-A. So you know what the owner of that Chick-fil-A did? Took them all out of free meals. Said, here, y'all are probably getting hungry and thirsty out here. Here's some food and some drink. Our thinking is messed up. And that's not even the point of this passage, but I just want to throw that in there so you get it. First of all, I want you to notice the proper address. I called out to Mark a name, and he said, what? And I said, never mind, it's in the sermon. Here it comes. Ready? Notice how they began their prayer. Sovereign Lord, it says in my ESV. Yours may have a different thing, but no matter what your version says, get out of Strong's Concordance and look at what it means. Guess what this word is? Despot. D-E-S-P-O-T is our English word. It's a Greek word that is almost the exact same word. It's got a different little ending like R-A on the end, despora or desperata or something. I forget how it's said. But it, it, it's a combination of words and it means a husband and an absolute ruler. It means you are united with him, but he is the absolute ruler of your life. He's a despot. And they cry out, sovereign God. You ever thought about kneeling before God and saying, Oh, despot, thank you that you love me. Did you know despots love their children? It's just everybody else they have trouble with. If you ask one of their children, Oh, he was a wonderful father. You can watch these shows on different cable channels, you know, children of gangsters and stuff. He was a wonderful dad to us. We had a great childhood. We had all the toys we wanted. We had these big guys always protecting us. We, you know. Yet they're murdering other people. God is to be feared, but he's our daddy. He's our father. But you better fear him because he is powerful. He is a fearful and awful God. He is awesome in all his ways and deeds. And these guys understood that. And they said, these earthly powers want to hassle us. Oh, despot of heaven, the one who rules everything, and nobody can withstand your will. That's what they're crying out to God. You think knowing the names of God might help you in your prayer life? When you address God in the right way. So they gave him the proper address all the way through verse 26. Sovereign Lord, you are a creator. You made heaven and the earth to see everything in them. You are the one who gives us a, 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 an understanding. You, you speak through your prophets, through the mouth of our father David, your servant. And notice they reach back into the Old Testament. Why? Because they didn't have a New Testament. You can still learn the Old Testament and get some good stuff out of it. And he runs to Acts chapter 2. And, and, and this is an interesting deal He says, he quotes Acts 2. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and their rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. If you go back and read all of Psalm 2, and I recommend you do that very often. I think Psalm 2 is kind of an overlooked psalm. We don't see it because within that psalm, he says that the heathen are raging against God because they want to break asunder his bands. 
You hear the contrast, what he just said? You are the desperate ruler. You have authority over everything. And these people are rebelling against you wanting to break your bands. See, it wasn't about Peter and John. It's about Jesus. And, there, and, and these rulers' rejection of Jesus. So Peter and John don't go, in, oh, why are they picking on us? They knew why they were picking on them. They're picking on them because they're preaching Jesus. And these rulers want to get rid of Jesus. So they say, Sovereign Lord, look, just like you said through your prophet David, filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you read all of Psalm 2, God says, <laughs> the God in heaven laughs at them. And he has said, I've set my king on this hill in Zion. And he, today, I've declared, you are my only begotten son, Psalm 2. And if you will ask of me, I will give the nations to you as an inheritance. Now, I, this is a whole sermon that I really can't get into, but I may and come back and finish this later. But we just heard Justin stand and present to us that they're going to Senegal to preach the gospel. 2% Christian. I mean, 0.2% Christian. Sorry. I got it right, didn't I? Okay. 0.2% Christian. To preach the gospel. Psalm 2 is why they're going. Because Jesus asked the Father to give him Senegal. Jesus asked the Father to give him the United States of America. Jesus asked the Father to give him Canada and Mexico. And all the many countries that I cannot name in this world. Jesus asked that of the Father. And the Father said, sure, sit right there. Put your feet up. On the earth, I'll make it your footstool. And so before Jesus left, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Because God is subduing the world to his will. We may not see it with eyes of flesh because the world's going to get worse and the end is coming. But while the world is getting worse, we are taking the gospel. And out of every tongue and tribe and nation, God is making a people and a kingdom. You getting it? So the missionary prayer is Psalm 2. When you pray for missionaries, pray Psalm 2. When we pray as a church, listen, God cares about every little detail of our life. But when we pray as a church, we'll be praying mostly, number one, that we would know God and knowing God that His will would be put into our hearts so that His will becomes our will. And that our will is to see this city come to know Christ. And when we see this city come to know Christ, this county, this state, this nation, and this world come to know Christ. That ought to be the passion of our life because it's the passion of God. It's the purpose of God. Psalm 2 shows you the whole purpose of God. Through his son, he's going to give the world to his son to rule and to reign. And, and the Bible tells in the New Testament, and in the last day, Jesus will turn around and present it as a gift to the Father that the Father might be glorified in all things. So in the authority of Jesus, we pray to get God's will done. And that's where they're headed. After that proper address, they show their proper understanding in verses 27 to 28 as he quotes Psalm 2. And he says in verse 27, for in the city, they gather together against you. They're trying to break your bands asunder and he names everybody. And he says in verse 28, though, notice this. Even in what they were doing, they, weren't outside the, they couldn't get outside of doing the will of God to do whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. Yet God holds us responsible. You say, how does that work? I don't know. I'm not God. I'm just telling you, he does. And he will hold the wicked responsible. 
You see, the Lord's Prayer says, Thy will be done to the Father. For the lost man, one day the Father will look at him in judgment and say, Thy will be done, and they'll go to hell. Because that's what they sought their whole life. To be separated from God, and they will be in hell forever. So do you want to do his will or your will? That's, it's, a, it's simple. We made it complicated. It's a real simple proposition here. And so there's a proper petition. Look at verse 29 and 30. I, I skipped over a little bit there. He says in verse, uh, no I didn't, 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. And that, this is where the prayer breaks from our kind of praying. We, we, we could probably get to this point pretty, you know, as a church. But we say, Lord, behold their threats and smite them, Lord. Smite them on the jawbone. Knock their teeth out of their head. Slap some sense into them. But that's not what Peter and the church says. They say, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. See, Pastor Todd is working with the new generation. And, and we see it happening in them. Raising up a generation of young people who will speak the truth of the gospel. No matter what anybody tells them about being quiet about it. You say, I'll lose my job if I talk about Jesus. I'm not encouraging you to lose your job, but I'm, I would ask in that extreme case, it's a straw man that I made myself. I'm not saying you made it. I made it. But what's worth more to you? You see, it's where our hearts are is how we pray. And if my heart is with me and my wife, my son John and his wife, us four no more, I'm going to ask for a Ferrari. Instead of asking that I spend all my money to see the gospel proclaimed in all the world. Do you get it? I know where your heart is if I could just look at your checkbook. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, what Jesus said. Where are you spending all your money, your time, your energy, your effort? And listen, I could do better myself. Look upon their threats. Grant to your servants and we might speak your word with all boldness. And then... Every time I've heard this preach and every time I've preached it, I emphasize that they wanted boldness to speak. But that's not all they ask for. While you stretch out your hands to heal and you perform signs and wonders. Now, the immediate context, they just saw a guy healed. Peter and John says, don't quit doing that. And then they say, and do more miracles and signs and wonders. You say, well, we're Baptists. We don't believe in that. No, we're Baptists. We don't practice that, but we do believe in it. Because we say that this is our creed. The Bible is our creed and it's in the Bible. So therefore we do believe in it. If you don't believe in it, that's because you don't believe in the Bible. I mean simply. I, I don't mean to be ugly. I'm just, I'm not going to get anywhere if I beat around the bush and don't tell you the truth. So, th- so, so that's, that's where we are. Let me say something before I go to this last thing. And my time's way gone. I said I'd go to 9.30 and I may. But if you've got to go, God bless you. But here's this deal about, about our, our praying. When we pray, are we praying to see God's will done in our life? Are we praying 
to get things from God. I, that's why I started with the illustration of my daughter. Now, my daughter could ask me for a hamster when she's that age, and, you know, if I could do it, I'd go get her a hamster. I, that wasn't my point. My point was, if she was aware enough to understand what her mother and father provides for her, and she comes to us and she says, man, I'm just so grateful to be your daughter and live in this house, then I am more apt to want to give her more things that she would want. But if she's ungrateful for what we've already given, then we want to not give her any more. Not that we wouldn't feed her clothes or, don't, or kick her out of the house. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Just get the principle of what I'm trying to say here. So what is a better approach to God? To go to God and say, God, just you asked us to go to all the world and preach, so give us the boldness to do it because this isn't easy. And God goes, oh, you, you want more power? Because in the text... In the beginning of this story, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, picked him up. Filled with the Holy Spirit, preached the word. Filled with the Holy Spirit in front of the Sanhedrin, spoke. They come to God and say, God, man, that was not easy. Would you give us boldness to do it again? Now check it out. And when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word with boldness. God immediately answered their prayer. God gave him a fresh filling of himself. Listen, we talk about getting more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can only fill the container you give him. And if you fill it up with selfish things, then there's only a little bit of room for God. But you empty yourself, Colossians 3, just go and read that. If you, since you are risen with God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Because here, rust and moth corrupts. It tears it up, it rusts away, it goes away. But in heaven, everything continues forever. So ask God to fill you with heavenly treasures. You see, here's the other thing we do when we pray. Is we, we think, man, we're not seeing people saved. So we try to witness more. God, give us, help, help, help me to know how to witness. We, 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 we're lacking money. And we pray, God, give us more money. What we ought to be praying is, God, let us know you and do your will, and know you in the fellowship of your suffering and the power of your resurrection. Get, that's in Philippians, by the way. Give us, give us boldness to do what you ask us to do. You see, God doesn't order off the menu unless he is planning to pay for it. And this is what he gave us, and we don't have to go out there powerless. He doesn't say, go get them. <laughs> you know, go, 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 good job. And leave us alone. No. He fills us with himself and with a sense of his purpose and his will. This is not a normal prayer. This is for those that want to see the salvation of sinners. To magnify God's glory. And to see Jesus publicly vindicated. For the power that he has and is. This isn't our normal, what we call a prayer meeting. I, I had an African roommate at school. I think he was from Ghana, if I remember correctly. And one day, I foolishly asked him, what do you miss about Ghana? And he said, prayer meetings. And I said, we got prayer meetings. We do them every Wednesday night. He said, no, you don't. Well, now, you know, don't tell me that. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, no, when I say prayer meeting, here's what I mean. We meet at 6 o'clock at night. And we pray till 6 o'clock the next morning. And everybody prays at the same time. And we don't eat or sleep. That's a prayer meeting. I went, oh, you're right. We don't have prayer meetings here. 
How desperate are we for God to have his will in our life? We got some events coming up in our city this coming fall, and we want to be a witness there. We want to we be a part of it and see what we can do to bring the light into a dark place. And I, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's not for everybody. Uh, but you'll hear more about later, but just the whole Harry Potter thing coming up. I mean, last year, I, I was, it felt spiritually oppressed for a week and couldn't figure out why, because I didn't know about that festival. And I know for some people, it's just all funds and games and stuff. But I'll, here's what I want to tell you. People that come to that believe in the power of the Satan, and they worship him, and they try to employ that power. Not everybody at that thing is that way, but there are those that are that way. And they bring with them an extra dose of demons. And this year, Disney is supporting it. So, it's going to be big. We better be getting prayed up. Not that, oh, Lord, protect us. Not we go out there and tell them, oh, y'all are Satan followers and, you know, you're, you're going to hell because you're a Satan follower. We need to go out there and bless them in Jesus' name. You think you have power? Let me talk about the real power. Let me tell you about a God who can deliver you and save you and give you power over the one you worship because he's more powerful than him. That's what God's calling us to do, you know. Don't you think? Or y'all just want to stay huddled up in the safety of this auditorium, go to the bomb shelter. I I mean, I'm speaking boldly this morning, and and it's not because I'm angry or upset with anybody. It's just, I'm just convicted by this passage. Man, my time's way gone. Let me give you these three things I came up with real quickly. Recruit one, two, or three people to pray with you regularly. Do not have a gossip session. That's how Baptists gossip. Oh, sister so-and-so, she's given us a prayer request. Now, let me just tell you what's going on. And by the way, I'm using a feminine voice, but men are worse gossips than ladies. I'm just sorry to say, guys, don't beat me up, but it's true. We just don't do it the same way, but we gossip more than they do. By the way, gossip is not telling a lie. Gossip is telling the truth. It's none of your business. So recruit some people and start praying regularly. Say, so what's regularly? I don't know. What's regular to you? Every day? Once a week? Once a month? I don't know. Details are up to you. Get started. You might find you want to do it more. But get two or three people. I don't mean every week find two or three new people. Or, you know, go through your week going, hey, you pray with me? Hey, would you? Find somebody that will pray with you regularly. Maybe say, let's pray together for a month or six months or whatever. And then let's go find three other people, each the three of us, and pray regularly. As we get involved in mission things and things outside of the church, what I'm going to encourage the people who are involved in those activities to do is as we are planning to recruit two or three people to pray for them and with them every week as they get ready to do it. Secondly, focus all prayer toward God and His purpose. When you're praying, just, God, this, what is your will? What do you want to see? What do you want to do? I'm willing, but I don't have the power. You've got to give me the power, the boldness, the strength to do it. And Lord, while you're giving me that, you just do your thing. See people healed. See their lives change. Do a miracle that can only be accounted because of your grace. And then thirdly, report the answers. Peter and John, the first verse in this text we looked at today, they ran to report. Hey, this is what's going on. Well, we need to pray. They prayed and the place was shaken. See, we want to see the place shaken. So we pray, oh Lord, shake this place. No, oh Lord, Fill us with you that we will do your will beyond our ability. And God goes, now that's a prayer I can bless. Whoa. 
we start praying, God, give us this, and God, shake our place, and God, we seek the experience instead of the one who gives the experience. And if we seek God, the experience will be ours. We seek the experience, we'll never find it. And when we can't find it, we start manufacturing it. And I don't even have to illustrate that one. 